in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Worth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, a true objective second opinion on the health of your wealth, give us a call at 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. And again, our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. All right, today, James, we're going to be talking about retirement costs that you should not underestimate. And understanding three primary ways that people underestimate their cost of living in retirement. We'll break them down to, like, you know, key points. But understanding, understanding something tends to hardly ever lead to a good direction alone. You need more information typically to make your best decision. So whether it's underestimating uh, your opponent in a sporting event or under, underestimating some workload that you have in the office to get done, we're probably better off not underestimating things. You know, it's kind of like never underestimate that project, the time. We used to be in IT back in the day, James, and boy, did projects seem to take on a new timeline. You know, there was slippage. Uh, hey, it always be done in a week to 10 days, but it's like the 10 days never came. Well, we're, we're all better off taking an approach that just tries to tries to maybe evaluate and give some wiggle room. Well, wiggle room and money and finance, that may not work out so well because in retirement, you know, you've heard this before, you only get one chance. But we as uh, being just human, it's natural to make assumptions and have initial thoughts about certain situations that we encounter. However, making these assumptions and underestimating things that could have a large impact on your life will probably not the wisest choice. Again, like money and markets and retirement and cash flow and retirement and making it okay and having your money outlive you, not you outlive your money. See, some of those propositions you do not want to underestimate. So making sure you're well prepared uh, should really be the best and better option for you. And being prepared is equal to, say, having a plan and working the plan. And that's what we want to do today. We want to help you today with being better prepared for retirement so you do not underestimate the importance of cost you may face. Well, let's go through the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So for starters, what are the costs, at least the categories of costs, that are most often underestimated or overlooked? What does the rate of inflation look like, maybe the official versus unofficial rate of inflation look like in the coming years? What in comparison did it look like maybe 10 years ago? Are there financial vehicles that are maybe well suited to keep up with the rate of inflation? Is long-term care insurance or perhaps maybe an asset-based protection plan? What are the better options when it comes to covering potential nursing home expenses? How will healthcare change as far as what's the expected rate of a medical inflation over the next five to 10 years? And should I expect to expend, I'd say 70%, maybe 80% of pre-retirement income when we do finally reach those retirement years? How about reducing risk from a downturn in the market? Is now a good time to look at maybe scaling back a little bit on market risk and at the same time still keeping an eye on keeping up with inflation? 
And if we retire or if the collective we retire before the age of 65, how do we pay for our health care expenses? What's the impact when it comes to health insurance if we retire before the age of 65? How do we bridge the gap between traditional employer-based health insurance to Medicare insurance? How about building a budget and calculating expenses when it comes to retirement? Discretionary versus non-discretionary types of expenses. And how does Social Security account for inflation or does it? Greg? Well, just a couple, just a couple of the items here you threw out. That's 70 to 80% of cost of retirement. So your current, let's say, spendable income, because there's a lot of your income for many of you that you're putting in deferred accounts, employer plans, and it's not really your take-home pay net of taxes. So looking at your cash flow, 70 to 80% of your actual cash flow being your retirement budget. And so you're cruising along with this cash flow and you've equated to about 70% of your net cash flow now in retirement and you're doing pretty well. But as James was throwing out there, reducing risk from downturns in the market while also keeping up with inflation, so here you are rocking along, reducing the value of your accounts by withdrawals, and you hit some downturns in the market and some of your money's disappearing by, uh, you know, bearish activity, market corrections, down markets, and you're spending it too. So what happens to that bucket of money? How are you keeping up with inflation when you're actually eroding your underlying principal? So that's a pretty important topic right there to hone in on. You can do it by giving jobs uh, descriptions to your buckets of money. The part that you want to grow over time, don't necessarily make part of your cash flow plan. Separate the other money out so that you have some of your money growing at a market value, growing and appreciating, growing in interest and dividends and yields, keeping up with inflation while you're taking some part to pay your bills. So that when you're done with that some part paying your bills, you look at the other part of your bucket of money and it's out there and it's grown and it's ready to repeat a process. It's kind of a bucket planning approach. But you've got to have a plan because if you're taking 70% of your net cash flow in retirement and you're a down market and you're losing the battle to inflation, that's like three spirals in one, reducing your wealth, reducing your money and increasing the likelihood you're going to run out of money before you run out of life. So, James, just I was picking on a few of those, but let's get started. Yes. Well, confidence is key because we all feel more comfortable and, and confident when it comes to being prepared for something. Right. It's like taking a test when you didn't study for the test versus you're taking a test, but you have studied for that test. So, yes, proper planning, preparation does tend to lead to that confidence. And that's something that we should all strive for when it comes to something as significant as retirement. So maybe that pop quiz in your classroom versus, oh, I don't know, retirement. So you've worked a lifetime to build to accumulate assets, your nest egg, so that you can hopefully at least one day retire, but you need to start planning in advance for those golden years. So don't wait till you get to retirement to then start building your plan. You need to start a little bit ahead of time to start building that plan. And that's where you can actually maybe actually enjoy the fruits of your labor. So we encourage you to call us today, 513-575-9654. Schedule a complimentary consultation with one or all of us that you hear on the radio. And it's a great opportunity to get, as we said before, a second opinion on the health of your wealth. Find out if you're on the right track for retirement. So again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. Do you hear that second opinion? Complimentary, that still means free. On the health of your wealth, sounds like we're medical doctors. No, we're financial doctors. And when you come in, we'll complete a portfolio analysis review. It's kind of like doing an MRI, getting way down deep into what's going on in the underpinnings of your current investments. You know, what is your current income, the ability to save going forward in the future? How much are you contributing to company-sponsored plans? Are you contributing more than they're matching? Well, only take the free money. Reinvest or reinvest that difference 
Don't overmatch your contribution. Don't overcontribute the match. That excess could go into your personal investment. So if they're matching by 4% and you're putting in 6%, well, wait a minute. Take the extra 2%. Don't trap it in that 401k that becomes an IRA that's never been taxed and gets taxed later at what tax rate? A higher one in all likelihood. Take that extra 2% and redeploy it in your private investment plan with us, like for or towards your Roth or towards after-tax money, like just regular non-IRA investments, after-tax investments. You need to build and enhance the dynamics of your wealth. And then with the plan, the plan will result from us looking carefully at the spreads, fees, margins, and loads, and other expense factors in your current investments. We'll make sure that all of your investments align up with the purpose, and we'll put them into this complimentary draft plan that'll be fully usable. It'll be completely uh, complete with, um, oh, you might say, all of our recommendations. We're not going to hold anything back. How should you invest? What are you doing that you need to do differently? What are some products and services and other approaches to the market? Alternatives to the market that don't have market risk and the part of your money you're not willing to risk to loss? What part towards growth? What part towards liquidity? What part towards income? How does your legacy look? You know, when you're done with your money, you're going to just hand it over to Uncle Sam? Or are you going to find creative ways by planning purpose to get it to the people you love and charities you care about? And where do you stand with the state planning in general? Those legal documents, you know, like trust, wills, power of attorneys, healthcare directives, they should be in place. So most of this can be Ron Papil style, set it and forget it. If you remember the day of his little uh, magic ovens that just created everything perfectly every time. Well, we're not living in the land of cupcakes and unicorns, are we? We have to do this with a purpose. And once we do it, we check in from time to time, keep it on autopilot so you can go do what you do best Well, we've got your back, working as a team, as your fiduciary, putting your interest first in all things financial, like the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services. So, you know, when we see pre-retirees, James, who do underestimate various costs of, of, you know, we we just see it all the time. They're just not projecting forward and looking at the accurate picture of what it might cost for retirement or their investments aren't going to line up with it. You know, you've spent three to five decades working and accumulating. So, uh, you know, one day you might retire. Your mindset was to grow that money, but now you're getting close to retirement or maybe even already in retirement. Well, we believe that mind shift, it needs to take place into the transition of where you currently are and where you're going. The way you've always done it isn't going to be the way you're going to succeed in going forward. You need to start thinking about insulating uh, your retirement portfolio. Okay, so just insulating. Think about insulating your retirement portfolio, as well as many other things to help ensure you live confidently in retirement. Confident means you have confidence in your investments. Like you're going to go to your mailbox and there's going to be a check there every month for the rest of your forever in retirement. You can have a self-funded pension plan approach as well as market solutions, fully insured accounts. You know, life insurance, if you die prematurely, everyone does die prematurely. You might be near or in retirement wondering, um, why would you have insurance? Well, there are other ways for your estate to be tax-friendly, tax-savvy and leave your estate tax-free to the people you love. So start thinking about some important costs and some concepts and elements about retirement now, and we're going to help you with that. Okay. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Stay tuned to listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. 
Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show at Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. And Greg, where we leave off? Well, we left off with uh, continuing today's topic, retirement costs that you should not underestimate. We're going to get to three like uh, key points here in a moment as we progress. And uh, just to be clear, when you come in on your complimentary visit, the first visit is about just getting facts uh, in your situation on the table, like puzzle pieces. And we'll assess and review and we'll uh, do some analysis on all your current investments, you know, your your expectations, goals, income, ability to save, help with that budget that you're targeting, the net amount that you're going to need on a spendable monthly basis someday. And we'll look at other expectations you have. Are you going to pay off your house between now and retirement? Should you carry some debt at cheap money through the rest of your forever and just invest your money separately and kind of become your own bank, you know, where you acquire money cheap? And then you reinvest it at a higher rate. And then you live off the difference as an arbitrage, as they call it. You literally become your own bank. You know, banks do well by that. You can too. Sometimes that just makes sense. And we'll help with assessing um, long-term care, get you an income plan within that financial plan, help you through best future social security options and how to take that, uh, analyze any pension options you have, lump sum, partial, uh, or both, you know, lump sum and your monthly income from that type of vehicle. Not many people have that available, you know, the pension. If you're with one of those large companies in the tri-state area, you know, the Kellogg's, GE, P&G's, et cetera, Cincinnati Bell, it just goes on, the list goes on. We'll help you if you're being transitioned, quote unquote, on a voluntary, involuntary basis into your new future. We'll help you with rollover decisions, getting that 401k or tax deferred account at the employer or the office into your own IRA inside an overall plan. All that's going to be complimentary. In the second appointment, we're going to share that plan, all the recommendations that go with it. And, and there are other companies out there. I mean, we've come to become aware of companies dropping old 401k plan formats and moving to a new one. Don't just roll over the old 401k into the new 401k. Take the opportunity to get that out into your own IRA. Seeing a lot of people at the company called Sunoco lately that is making that kind of transition. Happens all the time. Don't just let the money roll, okay? Come see us. It's important. Well, and something else, too, is don't just simply assume that you should roll it over to an IRA in the first place. For example, people with highly appreciated company stock inside their company plan, and yes, highly appreciated might be a subjective term, but here's the point. You can potentially split that out from the cost basis, pay ordinary tax rates on the cost basis, and pay capital gains tax rates on that appreciation. So let's just say, for example, you have $100,000 in your company plan with company stock inside that plan, and maybe your cost basis is only $20,000, which is a pretty common scenario for people who've been at the company for quite a long time. You have the option to split that out, 
pay the ordinary tax rates on $20,000 and then pay the capital gains tax rates on the appreciation, which in this example would be the $80,000. Does mean that you have to pay a whole bunch of taxes all at once because one option is, once you split that out into the non-qualified account, is having that decision of whether or not to then sell the company stock. So for example, if you do not sell the company stock, then there is no other tax hit to be had other than paying the taxes on the 20000 in the first place. I know there's math involved with this, and math on the radio may be not the most fun thing to do, but nevertheless, we can help you with this decision, and it can be a very big, very important decision to make. So once again, don't just simply assume that an IRA rollover is the best option, because for some people, this could literally save you maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars over lifetime in taxes. That is so true. So from financial management, investment management, uh, financial planning, income planning, insurance um, services, too, that we provide, health coverage, gaps in health care if you retire early, the list goes on. Estate planning, we'll assess all of those variables. And what James was just talking about with highly appreciable stock from the company in your 401k, wouldn't you want an expert to look at that? Well, come on in. Again, complimentary. We'll assess. Then we'll have you back to share. And then it's your decision to make an informed decision of how we go forward and work together, or if we agree to disagree and we just regroup at a later time. But speaking of assumptions, James. Oh, yes, assumption. There's that two-letter word, assume, that becomes, or two-syllable word, that becomes a three-syllable word. Yeah, careful there. So the first thing that we see quite often is people underestimating the amount of income that they need in retirement. And yes, some of this is tied towards a spending habit, a level that you're used to doing as far as funding a certain lifestyle. So the old rule of thumb suggests that you're going to need, at least on average, around 70 80% of whatever your pre-retirement income happened to be. So let's just say married couple, easy math in this case, they're making 100000 a year. This means that they would need, in retirement, about $80,000 to continue funding whatever their lifestyle happens to be, whatever they want it to be. Now, everyone has a different situation, so this can be potentially the case, but more times than not, we find that it's not the case. So what do we mean by that? Well, most people, believe it or not, are not average. Think about a typical week when you're working. Now, when we talk about during working years versus retirement years, retirement years, it seems like every day is a Saturday, right? But during the work week, when you're still working, many people do have a certain routine. Yes, it can be very much a routine. Go to work, come home, eat dinner, do a few other things, go to bed, rinse, repeat. But that's, again, what people are typically doing on the weekdays. Now, when it comes to the Saturdays and the Sundays, and again, in retirement, every day seems like a Saturday. Perhaps another issue to be had on this one, this discussion for another day, is are we talking about pre-pandemic routines or post-pandemic routines? But nevertheless, once again, the assumption that you're going to spend around 70 to 80% of whatever your, your pre-retirement income was when you get to retirement, now the issue becomes how do you generate that 70 to 80%? Yes, and when you do have that uh, extra time on your hands before you fill it up again with things to do, what are those things going to cost? You know, like James was saying, pandemic, hey, you probably sat around and um, did a lot of Zoom. You know, you subscription to Zoom for part-time work and approaches to the workplace. Then see ice cream and bonbons and no, a lot of TV and Netflix. Who knows? But your retirement will have a pattern and that pattern is going to take a budget where it's golf or travel, whatever it might be. 
So let's just look at, you know, most, most likely you're checking off the old honeydew list as you approach this. You're doing uh, shopping, spending time doing things you might have done almost exclusively on weekends. Now you're doing it weekdays. So you have the seven-day-a-week recreational plan, or do you have a budget for that much recreation? So think about it. When you retire every day, like James said, it's like a Saturday. So expenses can add up quickly when you have more time on your hands to spend money. So you should also account like for medical and potential long-term care costs. That doesn't sound like recreation or fun, but it can happen. It can be your reality. It's going to have a price tag. So that can dramatically add to your expenses in overall retirement. So we have to address it. Okay, we'll address it once, get it done, get it done right, and then you can move on with retirement and, you know, just be forward-looking. We won't have to drag around all these, like, quote-unquote negative concepts, you know, bad health, cost of health, long-term care, here I go to the nursing home, et cetera. We can just get that out of the way so you can go about your happy self. Ultimately, to figure out how much income you're going to need coming in during retirement is critical so we can offset some of these potential expenses along with the normal routine expenses. So it's a good idea to first sit down, start calculating your expenses. Doesn't have to be a horribly tight budget. Maybe you're out there and haven't ever had to really live by a budget. Well, you transition to fixed income and retirement. You need a decent handle on your basic expenses that will continue into retirement, plus the new types of expenses you'll pick up along the way as well. So think about it. You're probably better off projecting more income needed in retirement than you would be underestimating how much you'll need and coming up short. This is like saying, do I need to do a budget? Do I need to do a budget explicitly versus maybe implicitly? So, yes, if you do know for a fact that you have a monthly surplus, your cash flow is, is your inflows are more than your outflows, then, as Greg is saying, you don't have to, down to the very last penny, account for all of your different expenses. But at the same time, it doesn't hurt to, once in a while, kind of do a, let's just say, an overview of your financial situation, just to see where you are, like a snapshot in time, how much What's what's the rate of savings? What's the rate of inflation? What's the rate of your investments? All of this comes in that should also be accounted for. And that's the inflation part is where people tend to either underestimate or completely over, I'd say, overlook this impact when it comes to doing their budget is they don't take into account that same time next year, costs may be going up by about three to four percent. And then that's only in, say, the broad general category of inflation. What about for specific items, such as for medical expenses, which tends to have a higher rate of inflation or cost of adjustments when it comes to one year to the next than the overall rate of inflation? All these different things are just simply part and parcel of the planning process, and that's where we can help. Brown Financial Advisors, call us 513-575-9654, and stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, Detox Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show. Brown Financial Advisors, I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are an independent RIA, a registered investment advisory firm, working for clients, not companies. And yes, it does all start with a plan. That means having a plan, knowing what you own, why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, we can help with the investment planning, the retirement planning, the income planning, tax planning. It is that time of the year. Social Security Maximization, Roth Conversion Analysis, NUA Analysis, and perhaps even one of those in-service rollovers, depending upon your age at the company. All those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. 
Email address is team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. Well, James, our topic today being retirement costs that you should not underestimate. We were just discussing a few. You know, there's all kinds of examples of how expenses might go up in certain areas you didn't see coming and maybe offset exactly dollar for dollar expenses that you're getting rid of by not, you know, driving to the office each day. Just some things can offset, but they can actually go up. I was thinking, hey, you got that boat you finally wanted or you upgraded your boat. Oh, it has a dock fee, a slip fee. It has insurance. Oh, it takes fuel. Uh, Things not working. Takes maintenance cost. Oh, my. Things to anticipate. But we're going to stay a little more focused here on this one cost that all of us must experience in reality. It's inflation, James. Continue with inflation. Uh, Inflation, yes. According to the Secure Retirement Institute, if inflation just is around 3% a year, which is what it's been for the past 5 to 10 years, then it will consume, how about this, more than $117,000 of the average Social Security benefit over a 20-year time period. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Most people think that if they have money in the stock market, that it's going to keep up with the rate of inflation. And yes, there's the expectation that it should keep up, but it also matters greatly how you're invested in the market. Are you very conservative in the market? Are you very aggressive in the market? Are you somewhere in between? All that has an impact. People love to get market-based returns for treasury types of risk, but it just doesn't work that way. Logically speaking, you need to understand that the market, it does go up and also sometimes it does go down. So if the market's going down and we do have another pullbacks, it could have a major impact on your overall portfolio, thus affecting your plan that also should be incorporating what happens with inflation. So to prepare for inflation, take several things into consideration. For example, working with a qualified financial professional, someone such as us, that's one good way to help prepare for this. So yes, every day we do work with people, bring different ideas to the table that can help prepare your finances to not only keep up with inflation, but also to exceed inflation. I was just, as you were going through that, I just had all kinds of visions, visions that we see daily when we plan for folks in their everyday life. Some things are different and some things are constants. Dealing with inflation, having enough cash flow. What are you going to invest in to have the income that's your cash flow? How do you continue to grow your wealth while you're also enjoying the income that's cash flow in your retirement too? And James, when you're just talking about, say, isolating inflation, there are some, you know, treasury inflation protected securities, TIPS as they're called. Some people invest in simple, conservative, I'll even say overly conservative investments, just trying to get a yield that keeps pace with inflation. But wait, that's not enough. See, if you had a, a dollar and you wanted it to increase by 3% to offset the cost increase of groceries next year, and you found something that grew 3%, but you're retired and, and you're taking 4 to 5% of your annual uh, market value of your account down to create cash flow. Keeping up with inflation isn't enough. That just keeps your money close to what costs are as they increase. That's not cash flow. Cash flow is going to come out of your money. Inflationary growth investments is just going to keep up with inflation. We need to keep up with inflation and your lifestyle too in providing your cash flow. So we can use instruments like uh, safe money instruments, fully insured based on the claims paying ability of a company, of course, that will guarantee your paycheck for life. 
So your other investments can be geared towards growth with appropriate risk that will also be hedging inflation over time. That's not your bucket of money that you're dependent on for your cash flow, for your lifestyle. Critically important in the financial phase of distribution while preserving too, that being your retirement phase, not accumulation, different set of rules, different set of dynamics. If you drag the old way of doing it, like accumulation phase into the next phase of distribution and preservation, where you're paying yourself back with your own money over a long period of time called retirement, you are going to make some horrible mistakes. You better have so much money, you can make mistakes and still have money for the rest of your life. Because otherwise, you're going to become a statistic, James. Oh, yes. So underestimating this other area, you know, it's kind of a given. Healthcare and long-term care expenses. No one really wants to talk about that. But hey, who's going to provide for your long-term care? Is it going to be your spouse? Is it going to be your children? That's a pretty good plan until it's time to change the first diaper. That's what we see oftentimes people are in until they're out. And, um, you know, from a parental experience, you, your perspective is, do you really want to burden your children? Most parents don't. Heck, most parents don't want to end up actually living with their children, right? Let's just be honest. Have the big talk. Get it out of the way. And let's talk about what your real solution is going to be and end all this idle speculation that won't pay bills on time. Healthcare expenses. Employee Benefit Research Institute found that 44% of retirees surveyed said they're facing higher health care costs than expected. There's a reality, okay? 44% higher expenses in the area of health care. That's less money to go to the golf course, go fishing, uh, whatever your, your, your chosen hobby is in retirement. Don't do it too much. You're really a good hobby. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Healthcare spending is projected to rise more than 5% in 2021 alone. That one area. Okay, so a lot of just treasury uh, inflation-protected securities and inflation-based instruments and investments aren't going to keep track with the true cost that do increase, plus the ability for you to have cash flow in spending your money to support your lifestyle. So that being said, a few years away from um, the healthcare expenditures accounting for nearly 20% of our economy, you know, as a country, that's what we're looking at, 20% of our economy compared to 17.9% today. So it's on the it's on the increase. Would you, let's say, well, I was just thinking, you know, we, we talk about this from time to time, the upwards of between age 65 and age 90, the average person's going to need about $250,000, $265,000 towards health care expense. The cost of premium, cost of co-pays, deductibles. Okay, if you're real healthy, you're probably feeling pretty good. Like that number's not your number. Well, guess what? You're more likely to spend as much or more because you're the healthy person that's going to live longer. Longer you live, more maintenance costs. So there's no real way to get around this elephant in the room. We're going to have to attack this element with a, or elephant with a plan. Oh, and that expense, by the way, that two hundred fifty to two hundred eighty thousand dollar price tag, does not include long term care expenses. So think about this: if, and according to this statistic about the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, also known as the DHS, at least seventy percent of people over the age of sixty five will require long term care services. That's a nursing home, folks. So long term care insurance today, yes. That's one of those things that's going up in a hurry. The premium increases we've seen in some cases have doubled in the past few years. So that means that the old way of maybe funding or paying for a potential long-term care stay, which was long-term care insurance, may not be the best way to go about that today. So perhaps a different alternative or a better alternative for many people out there is an asset-based protection plan which means that it's not a use it or lose it proposition for your health insurance, also known as long-term care insurance. What it means is that you have an asset. It's either life insurance or it's an annuity. That is the asset with a rider attached for a long-term care stay. 
And then based on your first use of the policy, you know, in other words, if you die first before going into a nursing home, it simply pays out as a death benefit. But if there is a long-term care stay, then your policy will cover a vast majority of those long-term care expenses. And then whatever's left gets paid out as a death benefit. So like I said, there's just, that's one way of doing it. And for many people out there, it's a more efficient way of doing it as far as funding the potential cost of a long-term care stay. Now, for others, trying to keep premiums somewhat affordable by cutting back on the amount of benefits, does that sound like a good approach? So think about that. If you're faced with rationing healthcare expenses, that means cutting back on your level of insurance. Yes, we're talking about, for example, for Medicare folks, choosing between a Medicare supplement versus Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is more of a pay-as-you-go approach. And for many people out there, it's a great insurance plan. Now, for others, maybe a Medicare supplement is a much more suitable way to obtain Medicare insurance, otherwise known as your age 65 plus health insurance plan. So we can help you with the analysis of which is the, the best or the most suitable way to obtain and to maintain your Medicare insurance plans. Our phone number at the office is 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help, but stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Share your thoughts. Send your comments. Our home office is Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. And Greg, where we leave off? Well, goodness, here we are. Retirement costs that you should not underestimate. We are getting to our key takeaway points. There are three of them, and we are going to fasten our seatbelts and go. Number one, get organized. Do get organized. We can help you with that. First thing you want to do in preparing this, this whole process is to understand expenses in retirement. You know, planning ahead, getting organized. You know, think about life that you're going to live, the kind that you want to live in retirement, based on, you know, one you can afford, of course. So we want to know the details of your spending patterns. We understand that uh, they may change a little, you know, based once upon your reach retirement. But those patterns, you know, they go up, they go down, they stay the same, they fluctuate. Uh, look at the pandemic time frame, all the cruises that were canceled, vacations that didn't happen. So, you know, that's just one example. Sometimes you can mean your health gets in the way of doing some of the things you wanted and budgeted for. We kind of build it within the budget of the budget. But basically figure out your average monthly expenses and understand how much money is coming in versus going out, inflows versus outflows. OK, take such things as Christmas, holidays, vacations, those semi-annual uh, car insurance payments, those uh, annual or semi-annual uh, property taxes. You know, you got to add those together and then divide by 12 and add it to your monthly expense too to get a true monthly expense number. OK, and then look at these numbers, uh, big picture wise, if you will, as essential and discretionary essential expenses. Essential expenses are expenses you cannot live without, such as health care, housing, food, you know, transportation, utilities, they should be accounted for in this category called essential. So you get it. You can't live without it. Discretionary, the second of the two, discretionary expenses. Well, guess what? If the others were things you have to have, these things may not necessarily be what you're going to have to have, right? 
So once your expense, essential expenses are calculated, you start looking at the discretionary spending, the bucket list of adventures, the travel, the entertainment, that not just eating, but the eating sweet, you know, dining out, gifts, etc. Now, these are all things you'd like to have, right? You want to have, but you don't necessarily need to have in retirement. So once you have your essential and your discretionary expenses all laid out, charted out, then you can take a look at your monthly income needs and see how those two work together. Hopefully income's greater than expenses, right? Or we got to sharpen our pencil or the blade. James. Yes. Takeaway number two is actually doing a plan. And then once you have a plan, stick to your plan. So that also includes having an income plan. And once again, sticking to your income plan. So once you become organized, figure out your essential and discretionary expenses, get a handle on those. Then we refer to what we call the income plan in retirement. And that's assuming, of course, once again, that you have a plan. So are you fortunate enough for starters to have a pension? Is Social Security, is that accounted for properly? That means do you have full versus reduced benefits? Do you have not only retirement income benefit, do you have maybe spousal benefits? Do you have all those properly planned for? How about perhaps family benefit options as far as people who, or those who've had children later in life, perhaps? Yes, you can, for example, have where the child is drawing benefits off of your work record. And that is part of your overall household budget when it comes to, are you maximizing your social security benefits? Are you planning to draw money from your investments? And if you are, how much? What's your percentage? What buckets of money, which investment accounts are you planning on drawing from first, second, third? What's the tax impact when you start drawing from these accounts? So once again, the gross versus the net is maybe not so much what you made. It's what you get to keep at the end of the day that matters the most. These are all questions that you should be asking yourselves. And yes, talking to your financial advisor about these things. And a good way to create a well-thought-out income plan, financial plan, retirement plan, is once again, working with a qualified financial professional who can help you set all this up. So yes, a solid income plan is one that is written down. You have a like a written game plan for starters. It doesn't just simply bounce around in your head as far as your thoughts are concerned. So if you have a written income plan, you can always refer back it to make sure that everything is on track because income needs may change over the course of retirement. So make sure that your income plan gets updated as well. So key takeaway one, get organized. Understand your expenses, essential and discretionary. Number two, income plan. Got to have the sources of income that exceed your expenses or you're in trouble. We can have certainty on the income. James talked about maximizing Social Security. We do the same with pension. We look at your payout options. We'll look at ways to create guarantees and income throughout retirement with some of your investable assets. So some parts provide income, cover those expenses because you got organized and the rest can be invested at appropriate risk over time. So that over five, seven, 10 years, rest of your forever, some of your money can be growing without you having dependency on it, without you having to freak out over market cycles, ups, downs, sideways lines, tigers and bears, right? So here we go. Key takeaway number three, keep it simple. Just keep it simple, right? Lastly, probably most importantly, keep it simple. We understand that retirement's very, uh, say, highly anticipated for most of you. Anticipation almost is kind of similar to another word called anxious, anxiety. You know, be anxious for nothing, but all things through prayer and supplication or something. You know, just breathe, right? Have a plan. You can breathe easier because you know you're going to be okay. Makes sense, doesn't it? Have a plan, work the plan. Already said that. It's time for you to find out how to afford the fun and relaxation you deserve having worked all your life. Because they're going to be like constructively unemployed for the next 20, maybe even 30 years. What's your plan to become 
unemployed, on purpose, retired. Maybe you want to do some things you've never done. Start making, um, you know, a list, a bucket list. I have a bucket list. You have a bucket list. Hey, if you're out there and you're contemplating marriage to someone younger and they have children, you might be able to get Social Security yourself. They might someday get Social Security spousal Social Security benefit. If your children that you inherit through the marriage are young enough that they're not 18 times start Social Security, you might get an even dependent Social Security a couple. You don't have so many Social Security checks coming to your house you never thought of. There are so many perspectives when it comes to proper planning. But keep it simple in retirement in particular. It's important they have an overall financial strategy. That's what we've been touting and spouting here. One thing that is uh, clearly to be defined for your retirement by planning is your confidence in that retirement picture. One way to help simplify your retirement and everything that comes along with it is by, as James said, working with experienced financial professionals such as us, because we can help you with all areas of financial in the financial process, extra boots in the ground, you know, eyes on the situation, all things financial. So you worked all your life to get to this point. It Maybe it's time you seek that help to get through your retirement journey successfully. You know, just a couple of thoughts about Social Security that we're going to expound upon kind of like the, the whole adage of what can Brown do for you. But for starters on Social Security, remember this. These are your benefits, people. These are monies that you paid into the program over what seems like your entire adult working life. So it's not an entitlement. It's something that you've worked for, that you've earned. And now what should be planned for, properly planned for, is how to maximize your benefits, how to get the most out of the program that best suits your needs. So for some people, it is turning on the income of your Social Security just as soon as possible because you simply need the money. You don't have any other option just simply to turn on your benefit, okay? Sometimes it is simply as straightforward as that. For others who do have maybe the ability to afford, maybe to maximize not only their own work record benefit, but also the spousal benefit planning options, the family benefit planning options, Yes, you can. If you can get an extra fifty to $100,000 out of the program, that's fifty dollars to $100,000 that you don't have to spend from your nest egg to then fund for your retirement and pay for your retirement and perhaps beyond your retirement, you know, leaving a legacy. All that matters. Greg, any thoughts? Yeah, I, just, I like how you just presented the whole landscape of retirement. And this it reminds me how well situated and equipped we are to help these folks out there with each of these financial phases and decisions. You know, if you are in a position where you're just starting to invest, okay, like, you know, in Dave Ramsey world, you've made it to baby step four and you're starting to invest. Well, there's a component of our company that will help you, take you by the hand and get you started appropriately, stepping your investments into the context of your overall long-term financial plan. You'll be excited to see what's possible by you doing just the right things uh, leveraged by time. And then others who are about 10 years, 15 years out from retirement, there are so many opportunities to get you to a tax-free retirement that's not available as much for someone five years out from retirement or actually already in retirement. Leveraging uh, you build up a cash value inside life policies that then you take loans to yourself to take as cash flow that is tax-free because loans aren't taxable, right? That's not income. Huh. Well, why are you getting me in debt, you say? You are not. The death benefit for the life insurance policy at your passing pays off all the outstanding loans and any net amount goes tax for your beneficiaries and heirs, too. I mean, there's just so many ways for different situations and positions you are in the financial phase of life. In retirement, can you handle the bear market? It's coming. So it's the next bull. And so it's the next bear. Where and when it happens and affects your money and your time in retirement, it all matters. We can help with all of these aspects as discussed today. Complimentary first appointment, complimentary presentation tech appointment. Then you decide based on cost and facts how to make the best decision for you. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 
888-985-9654. Call us. We can help. Thank you for listening today. Have a great week. Remember this. Sound Money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.